All right, everyone. Thank you all so much for joining the Journey Podcast. This week, y'all, I'm super honored and excited to have some really special guests joining me from Student Organ Donation Advocates, otherwise known as Soda National. Y'all, Soda National is an incredible organization. Wonderful work. And again, I'm just honored and, and thrilled and blessed to have them on the program. So without any further ado, everyone, I would like to introduce our two special guests, my friend Robin Caldwell and my uh, new friend Morgan, who is, uh, they're both doing this. I would give an introduction, but I feel that it's best appropriate if they actually introduce themselves. So Robin, why don't you start us off and provide an intro, uh, and then Morgan, you can kind of follow up as well. So take it away. Awesome. Uh, Thanks both so much for having me on the podcast. I'm really excited to be here. Um, My name is Robin. I am from upstate New York, and currently I am the programming coordinator for SODA. Um, So I help with webinars um, and getting, you know, um, spreading awareness for organ donation. That's that's incredible. And I know that great things, and I'm sure you are very busy these days. Um, and someone I have a feeling that you are in, in good contact with is, is Morgan. So Morgan, why don't you hop on in here and uh, give a little introduction to who you are. Um, we'll just kind of go from there. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Uh, my name is Morgan. Um, I am a living donor, and that was the reason as to why I got so uh, enamored by organ donation advocacy. And uh, me, with three other students, founded the Northeastern chapter of SODA, Northeastern University in Boston. Um, and we founded the chapter this past spring, and we've been hosting a few events so far. It's been incredibly successful, and um, I'm just so proud to have been a part of this process, and I'm so excited to be on this podcast, too. Awesome. Well, we're definitely excited to have you on. Um, I know I am, and everybody who, who listens is really eager to hear about what both of, both of you have going on with SODA. So, Robin, awesome. I want to start with you first. Um, first of all, I, I know a little bit about student oriented donation advocates because I've, I've followed some things that you're doing, but for, for somebody who who isn't aware of what soda is or what soda does, can you kind of provide us a little bit of information into, into some of that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so soda supports, uh, students across the country in high schools and colleges, to help raise awareness for organ donation. And ultimately our main goal is to shorten the waiting list for people. Um, So right now we're about uh, at about 110,000 people on the wait list. Um, So our main goal is to really educate people through, um, like I said, colleges and high schools and get the word out and help register people to become organ donors. That is definitely something that is of great need. And I know that uh, especially on college campuses and high schools, that is really a, a really great time to get folks, you know, you're, you're signing up for your driver's license, you're starting off, you know, in the college into your career and to get that education is so important. So speaking of, of college and, and, you know, awareness and, and outreach in high schools, um, Morgan, what, what are some things, maybe some, some goals of soda that that you all have as far as maybe a, an organization wide or something that you to do yeah so we definitely try to embody the national organization as much as we can but we also add a little bit of our own twist to it just being in boston and you know just the specific demographic of our area so a lot of members of our club have already been registered as organ donors, but a lot of them didn't really know many facts about the waiting list and the national organ shortage and all of the other facts. So we, our goal is to educate all of our club members so that they can be um, really effective advocates for the issue. And also a, a goal that we're trying to instill in the club as well is to not only advocate for organ donation on Northeastern's campus, but also in the surrounding area. Because uh, just off of Northeastern's campus, for example, is a lower income part of Boston. And we actually have an event where we are working with New England Donor Services to set up for next semester 
um, where we're going to be looking in those areas and volunteering at a homeless shelter while at the same time also advocating for organ donation. So we're trying to couple everything. We're trying to encompass a complete experience for everybody. Um, and so far, it's, we're doing really well. Um, and SODA has been phenomenal with its support. If that, that answers is, your question. <laughs> that, that does. That is incredible. And I, I think that that's so important that you're not only you know, embodying the, the organization itself and what that organ, the organization you're working with seeks to do, but also kind of putting your own twist on things and really making sure that you are being uh, sensitive and, and aware to the community that you're in. And I think that obviously, you know, with, with the work that I've done, I've, that's something I really try to embody. And I think that it speaks volumes to, to SOTA and to each chapter that, you know, that is something that you try to do. So I know, Morgan, you are in, you're in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, Robin, I, I caught a little bit that you, you said you're in New York. And I, I get the feeling that SOTA is not just in um, one or two locations, but it's actually across the country. So where all do SOTA chapters exist? Yeah, absolutely. Um, they are everywhere across the country, actually. Um, we have 30 chapters right now. Um, we have Massachusetts, Missouri, Michigan. Um, we have, I believe it was Michigan. Uh, we def- we just uh, started a couple of chapters in Florida. Um, so they're really all over the country, which is great. I and mean, we've really continued to grow over the last year. Um, and it's it's really spreading, which is just so amazing to watch. That is that's I've been following some of the new chapters y'all have, and with me being down here in Georgia, I always like to see some of the SEC schools or schools at least in the Southeast United States. I know Florida State um, is one of y'all's new ones, and I'm I'm just excited to see where y'all go moving forward. But something that I I really want to learn more about is both of you and kind of. What led you? What led you here in the first place? Um, I know that you know. Whenever I'm out in the communities doing work and advocating for organ donation and transplant, they always I always get this really interesting question of you know, well, how in the world are you as passionate about what you're doing? And I have to tell my transplant story, um, having received a transplant. So, Robin, I want to start with you. What is your connection to organ tissue donation and transplantation? Absolutely. Um, so about five and a half years ago. Um, my mom was in an accident and ended up passing away and she ended up being an organ donor. Um, she was already registered before the accident happened. Um, so that was really cool to find out. Um, and she actually, uh, donated her organs through New England donor services. Um, so I have very close relationship with them. Wow. And, yeah. <laughs> um, very, yes, they have just been absolutely amazing and incredible. Um, so w- what happened was, after she passed, we got a letter from one of her recipients, and that really just fueled the fire to spread awareness for organ donation. Um, and that's how I got involved. So I'm actually a volunteer for New England Donor Services, as well as for the Center for Donation and Transplant in New York. Um, and every opportunity I get, I really just you know want to share that message that you know you really could save a life. Wow, that is one heck of a connection, and the fact that. It was from New England Donor Services of all places. What a what a small yeah. world. So, Morgan, what about you? How are, how are you involved in all of this? What kind of led you to, to this point? You mentioned a little bit of it before, but really give us a deep dive into kind of how you got involved with SODA. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to say each of your stories are phenomenal. Wills, I've read around um, your website and heard about your liver transplant story, and it's just so beautiful as well. But um, Thank you. I, so just over a year ago, actually, so my story's pretty recent. Um, my, we found out my mom was in complete liver failure um, and that she would be dead in less than a year without a liver transplant. Um, and at that time, that's when they told us that she was eligible for partial living donation, which is a process by which somebody who passes all of these minute criteria is able to donate a little of their liver to the recipient. And so I underwent the evaluation process and was miraculously deemed a match. I had less than a 20% chance of being a match. And the anniversary of our transplant is actually in 10 days. So, um, yeah, so just about one year ago, she successfully received the right lobe of my liver. 
Um, and something that not many people know about the living donation evaluation process is that it's one of the most psychologically difficult things you'll ever have to endure. So they really want to test to see if you have the emotional capability of going through a completely elective process and voluntarily going under the knife for this major surgery. And one of the things they did in that process was really make it known to me that there were so many things that could go wrong that she could pass away on the table, she could go into rejection right afterwards. And so I was fully aware that things could go wrong. And then after the transplant, when everything just went absolutely perfectly and smoothly, I just could not believe the luck of my family and you know, just the amount of hardship that we experienced when mom was sick and everything. And there's nothing more than, I never had so much more motivation to help other people in that moment is what I'm trying to say. The, the fact that my family was able to experience this intense magnitude of, you know, going from zero to a hundred and especially as a living donor, knowing all the ways that it could have gone wrong and it didn't, I just want to be able to maximize that for other families who are in the same position. So I guess I'm a little bit of a, a recipient family member and also a living donor at the same time. So I have like a unique perspective on this, um, but that is absolutely my motivation for getting as involved as I possibly can. That is, that is absolutely, I, I'm aware of how that procedure they're able to do it because of the liver's ability to regenerate itself. I believe it's the only organ in the human body that it can actually do that. Mm -hmm. um, and it's definitely a, 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 able to do that. And I, I commend you for being being willing to to go under go under the procedure. Oh, and, thank you. And, and donate because you know without without organ donors, this whole thing wouldn't even exist. Um, I, I certainly know I wouldn't be alive today, and, I, and I'm sure that the 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 donation of of your liver only only serve to to benefit um the situation so i want to piggyback off of that for a little bit if i may yeah and you mentioned something that really fascinated me talking about kind of the psychological impact yeah um of the process again having gone through the transplant journey i was extremely young i was only three and a half so there's a lot of it i don't remember wow and so for somebody who maybe is an outsider looking in or is interested to know what that experience is like, what, what is it like to, to go through that living donor process? Yeah, so of note, um, the process when my mom was actually like really sick was much shorter than most transplant stories. Um, she found out she was in complete liver failure when she had a state of hepatic encephalopathy, which is basically when your liver is so sick that it can't filter out the proper toxins and it causes this state of confusion. So we found out then, and she got the transplant about six months later. So the period where she was sick was really short, but it was a very intense time. So what they really wanted to make sure of me as a donor was fully aware of truly how sick my mom was. And also they really wanted to ensure that me, who I was already kind of suffering from some mental illness, knowing that my mom was so sick that even if I were to go through the process and perhaps the result would not have been favorable, that I still would have been emotionally able to handle it. Um, so it was almost like a part of it was proving to these people that I could do it. Um, sure. yeah, and it was really hard. Um, but I mean, you know, all amazing things in life comes with obstacles. So I look back at it and I think of it more as something that provided me with so much strength, but, um, a big part of the living donation process is the evaluation process for livers specifically is that they need to make sure you fit multiple criterion. So that includes body weight, nutrition, like correct blood type, correct, um, you have to have all your vaccinations completely done. You have to like pass the psychosocial evaluation. The proportions of your liver have to be correct. Uh, you have to have enough liver volume in order to donate. You have to be of age. 
Um, so there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. Um, and so that's why it was just so intense. So I actually got the call that I was a match when I was walking from one class to another. <laughs> so I break oh out goodness. in tears in the middle of campus, the most dramatic story ever. But um, it's, I, w I wouldn't give it up for anything. I would go through this process a million times over. Wow. That is incredible and starting all and because you know I've I have not been through that that donor process and that that it's definitely difficult I mean I know on the front end of just to even find a match is difficult because yeah. of blood type and size of organ and everything that you had mentioned um, and add on top of that the the challenges of you know seeing a loved one whether it be your mother, your, your, your sibling, whoever it might be, and knowing that, you know, you, you could potentially be impacting and saving their life, but you got to, you got to get to that point. Yeah. And, it's just putting one. That, oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, you're good. That, that can just be really difficult. Yeah. It's just, for me, it was just putting one foot in front of the other and, you know, just taking it day by day and, you know, putting your, you know, best mindset in each situation um but it all it all works out in the end so i'm so i'm like now i'm here today i i experienced all of that and you know was able to feel the fruits of my labor by seeing you know my mother doing well and sending me cute pictures with my animals every single day um and being on a podcast and talking about the experience now so i wouldn't give it up for the world that that is incredible. So, Robin, I want to I want to go to you now. I know that your connection is a little bit different, um, and I really want to hear more about that experience and what what that was like for you um, as as the person watching all of this. Unfold. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, I mean, like I've mentioned in other situations, um, that it's kind of like a blur um, when you get that phone call and, you know, your loved one's obviously not doing good. Um, it's definitely a shock. And especially since I am in upstate New York, I mean, the accident happened out near Boston. So it's about a three hour drive for us. Um, so having to go there, you know, late at night and then, you know, having the doctors talk to you and saying it's not good. Um, it's all, it's definitely a traumatic experience. Um, but the next day when, you know, New England Donor Services came in and said she is an organ donor and she has this ability to really change people's lives and, you know, continue to give even after she's passed. It was just really, it was really eye opening and it just, it really helps the grieving process. Um, you know, for the first year, probably, I mean, everything was really difficult. But like I said, when we got that letter um, from one of her recipients, I mean, it totally to see how she really helped somebody and how much of a difference she made for just one person. Um, it just really was the driving factor to, you know, everything I do. I mean, I, you know, I can raise awareness and I can use her story to do that. Um, so as traumatic as it was, it's also such a beautiful thing that she had was able to give that gift. That's so beautiful. That is definitely something that I, I admire of, of anybody who, family member, the, the donor, whoever it might be, the, the fact that there is, there's definitely loss and that there, there's a lot of things that come along with that. And for an individual or for a family to be able to, while they're experiencing that, then turn around and in their, in their own time of need, be, be as gracious and um, and humble and willing to say, you know, we're going through this, but you know, how can we, how can we help others? And again, that's, that's the beauty I think that of both of these stories is that the, the situation, regardless of how it presented itself, that both, both of you had a choice um, in how you, you saw the situation and how you reacted to it. The, the way I view life is that it's 10% of what happens and 90% of how you react. And I think that both of you serve as very shining examples of how you can make the best of a very difficult and in, in some cases tragic situation um, and really bring, bring the best out of it for, you know, for, what, for what it's worth. So I appreciate both of you kind of 
expanding a little bit on your both of your personal stories and, and connection because I think that's definitely something valuable and something that is worth sharing. Yeah, um, absolutely. Right, right now, I really kind of where y'all are now. Having been through both of your experiences, um, having been involved with soda, what is something that you? What keeps both of you going? Because this can be very challenging work because you're constantly hearing other stories of, of donation and you are you have, you have your own lives going on. Um, so what is what is both of y'all's favorite part about being involved with student organ donation advocates? Um, Morgan, I'll, I'll start with you. Yeah, so um, to be honest, it's, it's people like Robin who keep me going people who have stories of such a tragic loss and being able to look back on the experience and find strength of something that was so difficult in their life and use that, like that is just insane to me. I, I personally don't think I could ever do that. So when I see people like that and all the amazing things that they're doing to further the advocacy and the philanthropy work, it just makes me wanna work 10 times harder and support it myself. Um, and I also find a lot of inspiration in being able to inspire others. So in relation to the SOTA chapter, we have many club members who have really no connection to organ donation at all, except for the fact that they themselves are an organ donor uh, or a registered organ donor, excuse me. And the fact that we're able to excite them about how amazing this cause is and allow them to paint rocks and put them on campus and make blankets for donor families and stuff. That also just makes me want to run a lap, but I'm not athletic. <laughs> so I definitely have to say that's totally what keeps me going. Wow. Robin, what um, about yeah, you? Yeah, so um, I have a couple of things. So, I mean, definitely, you know, kind of going off what Morgan said too, like the watching the chapters, I mean, especially Northeastern, I mean, they have been incredible. The, in the short amount of time. Oh, thank you. I mean, they are just doing so much. The amount of people they have on their team um, to raise awareness for this. It's, it's been so cool to watch. Um, so that is definitely really exciting. And then, um, I mean, I'm huge on social media with my mom's story. And, you know, sometimes I'll get messages from people and they will say, you know, I've never thought about organ donation before, but I just, I see your posts and, you know, how can I register? Or how can I learn more about this? And um, that's just, that's so great that, you know, my story can really help raise awareness for this and, you know, help really shorten the wait list because that's our main goal in this. Totally. Right. And I know the wait list, where you are and the, the organ that you might need, for instance, I know a buddy of mine that I, that I know in Texas, um, he received a, a, a kidney actually from his friends who unfortunately um, passed away and he ended up receiving the, the kidney through direct donation. Um, but something that I was not aware of was the wait time, at least for where he was, he was looking up uh, upwards of over three years wow. on the wait list. And you know, I know in Jacksonville as well, it, it, that is kind of a similar story and y'all are right. You know, what, whatever you can do to, to make it dent in that waiting list um, is is definitely much appreciated and much needed because, you know, when you look at the statistics of who all needs transplants here in the United States, an overwhelming majority of them are in right. need of a kidney. Yeah. And a kidney transplant, you're, what I've heard, the, the saying that I like is, you know, you're, you're born with two, but you only really need one. Yeah. And so kind of helping raise that awareness and really bring light to the life transforming healing and really just all around incredible even how tissue transplant can do. Um, but with that, I know that some of it always be as rosy and wonderful and easy as I think it to be. Um, so what is maybe, I wanna start with Morgan on this because she's she's up doing doing stuff with the chapter. Um, what is maybe one of the biggest challenges about 
being involved or about reaching high school campuses and, and college campuses? Yeah, so our chapter officially began at the beginning of this past semester, so in January of 2021. And the biggest hurdle is the restrictions with the pandemic, absolutely hands down. Um, we have so many students that join the club that are freshmen and they're looking to make friends, they're looking to make an impact on the club. And although we try so hard to mimic it so much over you know, Zoom and virtually, it is just so difficult. So I would absolutely say that's the biggest hurdle um, for our last event, we um, we were making blankets for donor families. So how we did it was we dropped off supplies at everybody's apartment, and then over Zoom we made them together, and we played a Kahoot with fun facts that people had submitted prior. So we tried our hardest to create a camaraderie atmosphere and get people excited to come to the meetings and you know make the blankets and stuff. So we're, we're doing what we can, but I'm so excited um, for the progression of the pandemic and the vaccinations to get distributed, to have the restrictions be a little less strict than they are now and hopefully do some in-person stuff to really get people excited. Absolutely. I know that I have a feeling that COVID in general has thrown a wrench in everyone's plans, regardless of <laughs> what those plans are. For sure. <laughs> um, I've I've received my first vaccine. I think I'm due for my next one here in a couple weeks or so. Congratulations! Um, Amazing. Th- thank you. It's it it was interesting on how I was able to get it, just but because of the the nature of the work that I'm doing um, with with social work, I'm kind of kind of an important role. Um, cool. And so I was able to get it. But I wanted I want to hear from Robin a little bit because I know that Robin, you do a lot of planning on events, on webinars, on, you know, the logistics of making something like, like a a soda chapter possible or an event possible. And as someone who is currently going through that process with my internship project, I know it is not always easy. Um, And there are definitely some challenges, but what are some challenges that you have experienced in in your journey? I mean, definitely. I mean, Soda National, our team is pretty much virtual anyway, because all of us are all across the country. Um, but definitely, I mean, I would agree with Morgan, you know, with like the chapters and stuff, it's it's not as easy to register people, um, you know, doing everything like that virtual. It's definitely, you know, pose some challenges, but I feel like Soda is, you know, adapting very well and, um, you know, trying the best we can, definitely. Um, the webinars, um I mean, have been going great, but, you know, if there was a way in person to maybe spread more awareness, I think that would help, you know, raise the numbers even more. But like I said, we're adapting and, you know, hopefully soon, like Morgan said, you know, we can start, you know, raising awareness in person and through our communities. Totally. Absolutely. That's so important to, to raise awareness and to get out in the community and really try to make the best of this whole COVID situation. I know where I am, it, it's our restrictions are strict, so to speak, than let's say in New York or up in Boston. Um, but it is, it, it presents a new challenge to, you know, so much of it relies on that human to human connection, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, how, how do you make it work when, you know, you have chapters all over the place um, for, for all the right reasons, but, you know, because of COVID, you really have to get creative with how you incorporate new members, how you maintain the, the, the footprint that you have in your given area. And I, I think that is something both of you in your own right seem to kind of have a, have a good grasp on um, and definitely something that I think people can learn from. So with that, I'm really Thank you. interested to know, especially from Morgan, um, because it sounds like the, 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 the soda chapter that you are working with is relatively new. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really interested to kind of see where you are now and kind of what the future looks like. And then I'll, I'll 
piggy I'll have Robin kind of piggyback off of that and kind of provide a little bit of the soda national in general but Morgan I want to start with you on that. yeah so we are brand new on campus so the way we tried to market this to um, potential members was um, that not only would you be a founding member and have consistent COVID-19 volunteering opportunities, but you'd also have um, uh, be welcome to this amazing and supportive community, which is, of course, what we are all well aware of. Um, and so that attracted a lot of um, younger pre-health students who have so far been so amazing and they have done so much there. They help distribute supplies. They reach out to me to see if they can help at all. So I really see them as the future of the club after, you know, I graduate and the other e-board e members graduate. I think that they are, they, they show the enthusiasm and, you know, the ability to like really take it far. Um, but in terms of where we are at right now, um, our goal as a chapter is to do one event a month. Um, so it's, it's, it's a lot of work, but I don't really view it as work because I think of it as, you know, just like furthering the club and getting people excited. And, you know, I just personally really like that. And I'm getting the impression that everybody else, because they're showing up, hopefully likes that too. Um, so I think that we're just going to continue what we're doing. Um, and, you know, the other e-board members that I work with have phenomenal ideas. Right now we have an event planning committee. We're potentially brainstorming, expanding into having another committee of a social media committee who's in charge of consistently updating all of our social media pages to make sure that, you know, we're known to as many people as possible and try to recruit and you know, obviously further the message of organ donation registration. So I'm really excited to see where it takes us. I'm a little nervous, of course, because this is my baby and it, it's so fresh and new, but I'm so excited to see where it takes us. At least that's just the Northeastern specific chapter. Sure. No, that's that's incredible that, I mean, for as, as early on as this all is kind of fresh, if you will, yeah. that y'all are, Y'all are really bold in the, the plans that y'all have and the expectations that y'all set. And I have a feeling that that is probably representative of the organization as a whole. Oh, yeah. Um, and definitely, uh, I am excited to see. I, I'm in graduate school. So I, unfortunately, there is not a soda chapter um, in Georgia. The, the chapter that we have that's connected to organ transplant donate life. Mm -hmm. So I think it's Donate Life at UGA is the one I'm kind of involved with, again, remotely because of COVID. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm, I am I'm excited to see where so in the future. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited to kind of see what y'all have coming out for, for all of these new, new things. Yeah. So Robin, I want to pass it to you now and really get an idea of where soda is big picture and kind of i know i've i've went ahead and logged on the webinar i believe y'all yeah. did with the chris kluke foundation um and i know that that is that's a whole nother organization that i that's on my bucket list to to have an interview mm -hmm. from um because i think they're also doing incredible work and i, I like how y'all are kind of collaborating but i want to hear from you on kind of what what soda is doing now from the more macro side and where absolutely is going uh, yeah the chris Kluge foundation is absolutely incredible <laughs> they they do so much great work so that's awesome um so for soda they um you know our main goal is to really get more chapters um i started with soda last september actually uh, and when i started there was about 21 chapters i believe so just from september to now to have 30 chapters. I mean, we are just growing exponentially. So, I mean, it is, it's incredible to watch. So that is a big focus for us. Um, also too, I mean, really partnering with other organizations to get the word out that might not have what SOTA has, um, you know, combining our resources and really spreading awareness. Um, I know last spring, um, SOTA partnered with New England Donor Services on a webinar. Um, so that was great. And then we just did the one with Chris Poog Foundation. So 
I mean, really partnering with other organizations to, you know, do these webinars because I, you know, that's pretty much our main way of getting the word out too. I mean, those have so much attention and can really reach so many people across the country. Um, so that's really where we're headed, you know, just partnering with different organizations and, you know, spreading awareness. That is incredible. And I know, shameless plug for anyone listening, um, Robin and Morgan, I'm, I know both of y'all know this now, but um, my own webinar that I'm doing that is going to start in April uh, to coincide, excuse me, yes, April to coincide with um, National Donate Life Month is just another thing that SOTA is going to be helping on. Um, so I think it's incredible that, you know, not only are the local chapters that SOTA has doing incredible things in right, and really being proactive and really aggressive in going out and spreading the word about organ tissue donation and transplant and really trying to make an impact in the communities where where y'all are in, uh, whether that be in, um, in New York, whether that be up near up in New England, up in Boston and Florida, wherever it might be that, you know, there, yes, there is the overarching organization, but not losing sight of the, of that organization's goals as you go and place new chapters. I think that's something that, again, speaks volumes to SOTA um, and how y'all are able to kind of maintain a, a consistency, if you will, um, across the board. I think that that will definitely serve y'all well into the future beyond, beyond the times that y'all are. So let's say somebody is listening to this and they live in New York or they live in Boston or where a soda chapter is um, and they're a college student or maybe they have already graduated, but they still want to get involved in some way. Um, Robin, we'll, we'll continue with you and then Morgan, you can kind of piggyback as well. Yeah, absolutely. How can people get um, involved? So we would always refer them That's to um, our website, www.sodanational.org. Um, we have various resources on our website to learn more about organ donation or sport awareness. Um, and also, you know, starting a chapter. Um, and we make the process very easy and inviting. Um, so, uh, yeah, I would refer them to our website. And there's a ton of information for them to learn more. That's incredible. And I know I have definitely used some of y'all's y'all's information for my project. Yeah. So I... I Mo mo mostly the contact us tab that really helped um because I, I went i was like is there a phone number and it's like no there's just email and i'm like oh boy okay all right let's let's see where this gets me um but yeah anybody who's looking to, to reach out to soda they they get back to you really really quickly um and i'm sure they would love to have you um help in whatever manner that might look so morgan for you i know you were there campuses you are doing the work um day in and day out with with covid but robin in this as well but especially there on those college campuses um and maybe sometimes in high schools as well how how do you um as an individual who is trying to get people um involved with soda how how are you going about that and how do you encourage people to get involved like how like how we recruit our members and stuff like that? Sure, that what, um, what maybe, I guess this is another question rolled into it is kind of what is unique about SOTA okay. to somebody who wants to get involved or might be on the fence okay. um, and, and something like yeah, that. Yeah, so we try to make joining the most like easy process, like super exciting um, our meetings are every other Wednesday at 7 p.m. So it's not every week. Um, and every time we go on the call, we always remind all of the club members how thankful we are. Um, you know, they're like helping us with this um, amazing cause that's just so dear to all of our hearts. Um, and when we were initially recruiting members, a big thing, kind of like I mentioned earlier, we push that they were going to be founding members and they were going to be able to make such a significant impact on their organization, which they absolutely have so far, which is crazy. Um, and I also think that 
a really effective way of advocating for, or a really effective way of trying to recruit members was targeting pre-health students. Um, because just by the nature of organ donation advocacy, it's very medical heavy and stuff. And I have just at least personally found, and when I've spoken to other presidents of SOTA as well, those are the students that tend to really get excited about it. Um, so we were able to actually get some advertisement in the pre-health newsletter that goes out monthly um, and also the pre-health Instagram posted on our behalf. So I think that was really effective. Um, and a lot of our donation advocacy with the club members includes them doing something and posting about it. So it's just kind of like this snowball effect of, you know, just trying to maximize the amount of people they're able to see it. Um, like get somebody who's super excited and post on their social media and hopefully get somebody else and, you know, cross our fingers that we're making the biggest impact that we can. So I guess that's the method that we kind of try to go by. Um, which I'm sure parallels pretty closely with other sort of chapters as well. Sure. No, I'm, I'm, I'm really fascinated to, to hear that um, pre-health is kind of the, the demographic, yeah. if you will, who is really being involved because I know that is really the, the group that is involved with um, donating life at UGA uh, through the University of Georgia. I, I'm a, uh, I, I, I did not do pre-health. Um, I don't even know if I could survive one class of pre-health. Um, I'm a, I'm a, so, I'm in, I'm in the school of social work right now, but my undergraduate is in, um, is in something different, not health related, but again, sometimes through life circumstances, you start running in circles with people where I don't know about, I don't know y'all's backgrounds, but at least I look around and I'm like, y'all are all smarter than me. Oh my I'm just God, here. No. Social work is so yeah. applicable to um, transplant too. Like my social worker was my lifeline when I was doing my live and donation experience. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm going to school for sure. you know social work as well to you know discuss organ donation with those organ donor families in the hospital. So I mean, social work definitely plays a big role and is a huge demographic as well. Oh yeah. Sure. No, I think that from the for me what I. I I'm fascinated with the science side of it, but I don't know if I feel like I've I've kind of done myself good with the field I've chosen to go into because I I could not do I would not do well in that regard. But again, the great thing about this whole thing, uh, regardless of your major, regardless of your your life situation, is that you know you can go out and you can advocate, and you can be involved with soda, whatever that looks like and be involved in your own communities and use your talents, your time, your gifts to really impact and better the lives of For others sure. um, and your community. And that's, that's something that I feel like both of you have done very well and that soda has done Thank very you. well. Thank you. Um, so again, I commend, I commend both of you for that. Um, again, I, I, I just, I cannot wait to see where soda goes moving forward that y'all are doing now um, with getting pre-health students in, but also it, it kind of maybe opening the door to people who might not have been very aware of organ transplant and donation, regardless of kind of that major that, that yeah. they're in. Um, that is, I'm sure that's, I'm sure that will be interesting for y'all demographically to kind of assess and keep tabs mm -hmm. of moving forward. Totally. Um, but, but with that, that's kind of a useful thing that I have I have missed in this. Is, is there something where y'all are scratching your heads and you're like, "Man, Wills is really missing the ball on this." Like, has, has, no, have, have I mean, I, I think we covered it all. Yeah, this was yeah. amazing, Wills. Thank you so much. I I love this. Thank you. I this appreciate is my first it. Podcast, yes. and it was no, a I, phenomenal I, experience. Thank you. No, I I just like to I just want to make sure because I, I feel like that Soda is doing so much and and so they're not only doing a lot but they're doing it. Well. And I feel like some and I feel like sometimes when you're talking with people about what they do and what their organization does, that you know sometimes you can get really focused on 
the you kind of get you kind of get glazed over eyes and you're like oh my gosh they're doing a lot and you miss something so that's good that's good for me to to know that i've that i've you know i've been able to ask yeah, questions I mean, I that, think that really feels good so thank you that um, um you know so has so many parts that are working so well you know our chapters are doing what they need to to raise awareness our national team um you know sometimes you know people go in and out if we have interns that semester but i mean our na our national team is you know everybody is there to raise awareness and make soda the best it can be um so you know we wouldn't be soda without everybody involved so very thankful that is that is so true so the my my view on it is you know an organization is only as good as the people mm -hmm. you have running yeah. it and the people you have involved totally um and i feel like for, for both of you that that is definitely true uh and soda is very lucky to have y'all <laughs> mm -hmm. thank you um, uh, that's not because y'all that's not because y'all agree to come on it, it is that is truly <laughs> the case and um i and even and even i, I mean i I don't need to talk anymore because I'll get myself in trouble. Um, and y'all would be like, "Are we really doing what we're supposed to be doing?" No, y'all, y'all are, y'all are doing what you're supposed to be doing. Um, out of curiosity, I know that um, Robin. I think you said you were wanting to do social work. Morgan, are you? Um, I might. You forgive me if I if I've forgotten. But what what are you uh, wanting to to go into? Yeah, school. so before um, my living donation experience, I was interested in healthcare, but I really had no idea. I was entertaining maybe like PA school or genetic counseling or maybe getting my PhD in something. I just really had no idea whatsoever, um, nor had much faith in myself. Um, but after the living donation like experience, just seeing like the magnitude of impact that the physicians had on um, my family, I am actually planning on applying to medical school. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah. That is incredible. And I have a feeling that both of you, regardless of the fields that you are working in now or will be working in, you know, you're, you'll be able to bring mm -hmm. your experiences to the workplace. Oh, yeah. And I feel like that, that, and I feel like that, that is something that especially working with this population can really go a long way. And, you know, as, as not to, not to get down as not have a connection, that, that's not what it is, but sometimes there's something to be said for a provider, for a social worker, for whoever it might be working with, let's say the transplant population who's lived it, who's mm -hmm. seen it, who knows the challenges. And sometimes that can be the difference oh, in, in someone's care. Quality. Yeah, and a, a big thing um, that medical schools really try to um, decipher in their applicants is whether the student just wants to be a doctor because they've always wanted to be a doctor, um, or if they want to be a doctor because they genuinely care about like the well-being of their patients and you know like whether they're gonna like always cherish with them the impact that they're gonna make on these people. So that definitely helped me. This experience definitely helped me at least get that latter part of it. Sure. No, that, that that will definitely serve you well. I hope. Um, and again, I appreciate <laughs> I I appreciate both of you being willing to come on. Um, so the way that I like to end every podcast is I like to give my guest, or in this case, guests, <laughs> um, a few minutes of uninterrupted time to kind of give a message to the audience. This can be a nugget of wisdom. This can be really anything that you know it, this is your time um and so robin i will i will introduce the the space to you first um but first everybody again thank you all so much for listening to to this podcast episode again i've been very blessed and honored to have been able to interview both robin and morgan um from student organ donation advocates and they're both doing great work in their own right and I feel it only appropriate at this time to pass the mic first to Robin and then to Morgan. Yeah. So world, um, I give I, you my Robin message Caldwell. to everybody is, you know, really educate yourselves. Um, you don't want to make a decision when you're not educated, um, but definitely educate yourselves on organ donation and just know, you know, how many lives you could save with it. And, you know, really 
consider you know, checking that box and making a difference in the world. So, so true. The, the ability that organ donation can have, again, like I've said it before and I'll, I'll continue to say it is not only just a procedure, but it is life enhancing and life transforming. And I would not be here today if it were not for someone saying yes. So with that, everybody, now that Robin has had some space, I now want to pass the mic to my new friend, Morgan, up in mm. Boston. Um, so Morgan, I pass the mic to you. Take it away. Thank you. Um, I really want to stress that if you are interested in advocating for organ donation, you do not need a personal connection. You don't have to be pre-health or pre-social work. If you just genuinely care about spreading this, you could be just as impactful of a change in this cause as anybody else. So if you want to get involved, get involved, reach out to your local OPO, OPO join a soda chapter. Um, organ donation is so beautiful and the magnitude of impact it has on people's lives both the donor families and the recipients is just, you know, really difficult to even conceptualize just because it's so massive. So um, I am inspired by this. Uh, I will always be inspired by this and the community is phenomenal. And I really push anybody even considering to join this amazing cause to do it with eagerness. So that would be my closing message. That's awesome. Absolutely. I second that notion the, the, that, you know, that you have to have a personal connection, so to speak, to be able to make an impact in, in the realm of organ transplant and donation um, or whatever it might be that you want to work in. You don't have to have a personal connection, so to speak, to make, make an impact and to really benefit others for good. And again, I feel like both of you are doing this in your own right, and I commend both of you for the work that you are doing and I am. I'm very excited to see what y'all have coming down the pipe for the uh, for the SOTA organization as a whole, but also for, the, for each individual chapter. Um, understanding that each of them has a very unique identity and seeing how they really work in collaboration with communities to help make an impact. Um, which is, you know, the whole, whole thing what I seek to do, you know, is to make an impact in my family, to make an impact in my community and ultimately in my world. Um, so with that, everyone, again, I appreciate all of you listening to our interview. Uh, again, we've had uh, my, new, my new friend Morgan and, and Robin on the podcast from Student Organization Advocates. If you all are interested in getting involved with SOTA, again, check out their website, um, Soda Nationals website, as well as social media accounts. They're all over the place. Um, so definitely go give, go give them a look and see what, see what they are doing. They're truly doing incredible work. So with that, everybody, that is this episode of the Join the Journey podcast, Pass the Mic series episode. Again, thank you all so much for listening. And as always, I would challenge all of you to go out and do something you would not normally do to make an impact, but that's making an impact in your family, making an impact in your community, making an impact in your world. Thank you all so much for listening and have a great week.